Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Rockies Now podcast. We are a Colorado Rockies podcast. You can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads. I'm your host, Stephen, and along with me is co-host Tom. Tom, how's your week? Doing pretty good. The Christmas holiday is just upon us. I uh, got all my shopping done just minutes ago, actually, so mm-hmm. thankfully that's over, yeah. but... Uh, you know, it's uh, been an interesting week so far, but, uh, you know, all is good. How about yourself out there in Colorado? Doing good. Uh, we're supposed to, I, like, again, I feel like every single podcast I say this, we're supposed to get snow and it never happens. Um, and so today we, I, I went out kind of early Christmas shopping. I still have to do that uh, later tonight after we finish here. But uh, the traffic, man, it, it's insane, especially in northern Colorado. People mm-hmm. that, that live in Colorado know what I'm talking about insane uh but uh, doing good i mean i'm ready for christmas uh ready for some time off uh with friends and family uh but most importantly i'm thinking about baseball a little bit too because this is like the area where you're kind of like in the middle like mm-hmm. in between the world series and the in spring training you're kind of like when can baseball come back again and with now yamamoto which we were just talking about before we started in the uh in the room we were like man when is yamamoto gonna sign you know it's just like everything's being held up and we're just ready for uh we're just ready for some uh some news for a, a jeff passing bomb or anything from ken rosenstall so yeah. that's something we're looking at right now just you thought otani was going to be the big download for everything to start for the floodgates nope. open no nope. yamamoto now has caused another roadblock no yeah um so we're only for our listeners who are listening uh we're only going to do really two things tonight we're going to talk about um some of the Stuff going on with Todd Helton and the Hall of Fame stuff, which is um, go check it out on X. It's 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 pretty simple once you look up some of the stuff that you're that I'm seeing, what we're seeing, and obviously we're posting it to our uh, social media pages like X for sure. Like X has been, I've been active active on X all week long. Uh, it's been crazy over there. The comments are kind of interesting, but you know what to do. But anyways, we're gonna talk about that, and then I think we're gonna uh, do our Rockies wish list, which is something that we've been uh, doing this week. We've been kind of putting together um, some stuff and we only have three each, you know, just simple, you know, Hey, I like to see the Rockies do this, this off season. So um, to get started, let's do that. Let's do our uh, wish list. And uh, Tom, I guess you can go first and then I'll go after you and then we'll jump into the uh, Helton hall of fame stuff. Okay. Well, for me, one, one of my first things for my off season wish list would be, I would like to see the Rockies acquire. Well, Bill Schmidt has already made a comment. He's not looking to add too many position players. It would be nice that if not this season, hopefully on the next contender, they look to add some more left-handed hitters, whether it's onto the bench or in the everyday lineup. Right now, the only current ones that likely will be on the 26-man roster this year, assuming no trades and such happen, is uh, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Jones, and Ryan McMahon. Uh, addition to the 40-man, you also have Adil Amador, switch hitter, Yankeel Fernandez, lefty, and Michael Toglia, switch hitter. Again, we don't know if he's going to be on the 26-man roster yet. We'll have to wait till spring training. So it would be nice because I see a lot of the keyer hitters, you know, when you think of Doyle, Tovar, Bryant, etc. they're all, or even Diaz and Severn, I can throw in there, right-handed hitters. It would be nice if they kind of balance it out more with some more, with some more left-handed hitters. Um, another thing I would like, and again, this is a big wishful thing. It would be nice to see one of the everyday core players become a consistent year after year 300 hitter. I think the best, uh, again, in 2023, you had re- the only one player who finished hitting over three or the batting average 300 was Grendel Gritchick at 308, but he only played 64 games for the team. So technically yeah. he's not qualified hitter, but I think the number one candidates to me that could get there are Nolan Jones. And I think Tovar can do that, to be honest. With you. He's got some, he's got for a small, not, he's not small. He's not like, uh, you know, uh, Muggsy Bogue size, if anyone knows that reference back in the day from the Jordan days in basketball. But he's a good size man. I would like to say, I think those two have the most potential to hit 300 while at the same time not sacrificing any power. We all know what power Nolan Jones has. And uh, Tovar definitely has some solid pop, but I think they can definitely finish consistently provide power and hit over 300 and my last wish list with thing again this is wishful thinking because i'm not a strategist when it comes to assembling a pitching staff but however with the cal quantrill signing one of his big pitches is the sinker and i would like to see the rockies in the future focus more on trying to acquire more pitchers who rely on pitches that you keep down the zone to induce more ground balls and not as much and not try and not pitches you can launch up in the air into that thin mountain air to go over the fence. You know, Cal Contra relies on the sinker and a changeup are two of his four main pitches out of the five that he likes to use 
fairly evenly. So I like to see more of that. Another one on the current roster, of course, that relies big on his changeup is Kyle Freeland. Uh, he doesn't, last I checked, he does not have a sinker. He just throws the regular four seamer as his um, fastball. So that's an example of another wish list, I think, because obviously and you want to try and put your fastball up in the zone for strikeouts, but it would be nice if they acquire more guys who can have the ability to not only induce weak contact on pitches down low in the zone or low and out of the zone, mm-hmm. but also swing and misses from the bottom of the zone. So that's my number, thir- number three wish for what I would like to see this offseason and hopefully next season on the Rockies' next contending team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to answer this question because we're live on uh, X right now and as well with uh, YouTube. Uh, Mr. Vallejo says, is Coors so bad that pitchers would rather go play in Japan? Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, I, I would have to say, you know, in, in some ways, I mean, Bill Schmidt said said during the winter meetings that uh, he would rather, like, the Rockies, they've been down this road before. Like, you know, free agent pitchers, like Coors Field, Denver is not their first option. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not going to Coors Field because they hate the team or whatever. No, it's just that they want to help their careers a little bit better. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, again, good comment there by Mr. Vallejos. Uh, I got the crack in there inside, but, um, but yeah, it just, uh, I don't like, it's just like, yeah. Like, I mean, the Rockies, they're trying, I mean, they're trying, they're drafting and developing pitchers, you know, right now they, you know, they've been drafting all pitchers. Like, you know, speaking of uh, today, which we'll get to in a second, uh, the Rockies brought back Ty block on a minor league deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're they're bringing in some pitchers. They may not they might not be the pitchers that you want, like the Shoyo Otani's or Yamamoto's or uh, you know like whoever. Snell. Yeah, Snell. Yeah, like and you know and I mean, yeah, it, it, you know it's I, unfortunately the Rockies. You know, like I said, they've been down this road before in the early two thousands. Just look it up. I mean, you already know the history uh, of what happened. The Rockies don't want to go down that road again. And I know. You know, people would be like, well, you know, it, it might work the second time. Well, you know, you've heard the, you know, the phrase, uh, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. So I'm not saying that would happen with Shohei, but it just maybe it wouldn't work in Colorado. I mean, it would be kind of cool, but I don't know. It just well, might. just, I mean, a real quick thing they could, you could, but then you'd have to really overpay to, overpay to the point yeah. where it, to the yeah. point where it's kind of a stupid and a, a stupid and a, like you said, a bad overpay. That's just so bad that you'll never be able to financially recover from it. Yeah. And the Rockies, they've done that several times before and it hasn't turned out. And I mean, we're still <sighs> waiting for Chris Bryant, even though he's not a pitcher, but you know, and there's some overpay there. They overpaid Ian Desmond. And they overpaid a couple other players. Uh, maybe it was the length of the contract was more of the problem. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but thank you, Mr. Vallejos, for coming on that. Um, yeah, I like your list. I mean, it, you know, it's almost very similar to mine. Um, I guess I can get into that here. Uh, I guess number one for me is fifth starter. Uh, the Rockies, after what happened this year, they they cannot have us. I mean, when I say that, they're probably going to have another bad year, uh, and I'm expecting it. You know, injury-wise, you know, I'm expecting to see at least a couple more injuries in case if, like, because with the new pitch clock stuff coming in today with the new rules, I think it's now 18 seconds instead of 20 seconds, which I don't like. It's going to cause more pitching injuries, and I am not a big fan of that at all. The You know, I understand, and I'm okay with baseball trying to be faster but not super fast where you're causing injuries for pitchers and where pitchers you know have said recently that they think that the 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 injuries like this year for pitchers which was higher in terms of percentage over the past several years um ever you know ever since you know 2019 or whatever it was i was looking at they said it it was it skyrocketed the injury skyrocketed and i think a lot has to do with the pitch clock a lot of it has to do with the new rules it's not they're not necessarily bad rules, but when you kind of, you know, you know, keep, you know, let's just say like, again, like 18 seconds, that's in my opinion, that's a little bit too fast for the pitcher because look what happened with Marquez and Sendatella. And I'm not saying that, Oh, that was the reason why, you know, the pitch clock was the reason why they got hurt. It just, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, But, you know, going back to my first point is just um, the Rockies, they need, they need pitching, you know, plain, simple. Like you said, everybody knows that. Uh, you know, and they got Ty Block today, um, my only deal. Uh, they got also Matt uh, Cook a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, they brought him back, uh, but I think he'll be more of a bullpen guy. Uh, Ty Block, he started a little bit this year as well, um, and he did quite well. I remember his start in Baltimore was was pretty good. 
Um, so really just looking for a, a guy like Ty Block. So, you know, you can have a guy in AAA that you're ready to call up should there be an injury. Um, something like that. I mean, I'm not expecting the Rockies to go out and get like a Kyle Quantrill. You know, that was great. Uh, that was a great trade, but I just don't expect them to do that again. I think they want to see, you know, guys like Peter Lambert, um, Noah Davis is another name. He's not getting the love. I feel like he should be getting. Um, yeah, that's that's my number one thing. It's it's the, it's the priority. Uh, number two, I have backup catcher, and this is an interesting one because, you know, Hunter Goodman, you know, I put this out on our uh, Instagram story. Uh, for those who follow our Instagram, you can check it out. Um, but I I think Hunter Goodman's more of a DH first base guy. He's not a catcher. He can catch, but I think they're saving some spots open for, obviously, Drew Romo when he gets called up, you know, either later next year or 2025. And then there's possibilities of Braxton Fulford and uh, what's the other name? William McIver in mm -hmm. AAA. They could be a backup options, but I really believe that the Rockies are looking toward a veteran catcher, kind of like an Austin wins type of catcher. Now, since he's going to uh, Cincinnati um, and there's some, there's actually quite a bit of catchers still on the market that are available, available. Uh, I think Gary Sanchez is up there. Mitch Garver, who I really like, I'd like to see the Rockies get him. Um, however, I do expect a contending team to probably pick him up just because of what he was able to contribute during the postseason for the Rangers. Um, so yeah, I have a backup catcher. And then number three, I have a healthy Zach Veen in international baseball this winter, because right now he's playing international baseball and really Zach Veen is somewhat the key to everything going into, into the future, really, because Zach Veen, I mean, even though he's no longer as a, at the moment, no longer the number one prospect. He's almost a franchise altering type of player. Like he might be able to help your team get back into the, that's how good he is. And, you know, he has the speed, he has some power, he has incredible potential and um, we need him to be healthy, um, plain and simple. And I think with him being injured this past year in Hartford really hurt him. And, you know, at the end of the season, we really didn't know that he was playing through an injury and, you know, if, if he can stay healthy and if he can do what he did in spring training this past year, which he did pretty well, mm -hmm. uh, I think he gets, a, you know, I, I think he gets a pretty quick, quick ride up to the big leagues. And um, as somebody said earlier this season, I think he's one or two weeks away in double A from getting a call up. I, I, I think if he gets hot at the right moment, he's going to call up. And I think. That would be so huge. I think it would be once, you know, once Veen gets called up or gets sent up to the big leagues, um, I think that's when we're going to start seeing the uh, the after effect, the, you know, the explosion of Rockies uh, mm -hmm. prospects coming up through the big leagues, because when he when he goes, everybody's com coming up. And and if that's not the case, I think we're going to see some of the other ones come up, like maybe the Sterling Thompson's, the Jordan Beck's, the Amador's Fernandez. But Really, we're a lot is riding with Zach Veen heading into the season, and I, I just really hope that he can stay healthy this winter in winter ball. Um, I haven't really heard much from him, uh, or I haven't seen any news from him uh, recently on Twitter or X. Um, so I'm curious to see how he's doing. But yeah, we just need him to be healthy because if he can, um, if he can stay healthy, I mean, you're talking about uh, uh, it might help the Rockies turn around, turn around a lot quicker. So. Um, those are my top three, you know, it's, it's plain and simple. And like I, I put out on our Twitter the other day, like the Rockies, they seriously don't need to do much this offseason. I know it's somewhat, you know, it, we're kind of jealous of the Dodgers, the Royals, the pirates. They're doing a lot of these teams are being active in the free agent market. But like I told Tom, before we started the Rockies, they're, they're not like the Royals or the Dodgers, obviously, because the Rockies they're in rebuild mode. They're no ways near, uh, they're nowhere near contending right now. Like the Rockies are not in that position right now. But, you know, I think the best thing to do is let the young kids play, see what they got, and then after 2024, build from there. Um, so those are my top three. Um, yeah. Well, here real quick on Zach Veen right now. He In Winter Ball, he's played nine games. He has a slash line of 429, 478, 619 slugging. Mm -hmm. so I that's like that. Small sample size, but good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Vallejo's comments again, bring me Gary Sanchez for the power. I like that, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, 
he had a, I think he had a pretty good season with San Diego, even though it was, you know, he didn't play the entire season because I think he was signed by the Giants earlier in the last off season. And then it went to I'll San pull, Diego. I'll pull him up right now real quick just so we can. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think he, I want to say at least he was on MLB the show because I play that every day and I was yeah. playing him today <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Gary Sanchez is on the Giants. Um, and then, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he he was a two. T- I, I can't remember. It wasn't the Giants. It was the Mets. He was with last year. Um, okay. But he but he only played three games with them, so we'll kind of throw that away for just a minute. But with the Padres, he had seventy two games, slash line of two eighteen, two ninety two, five hundred slugging. He had an OPS plus of one sixteen, and he had nineteen bombs. No surprise. Yeah. And he has the highest WAR of, of the available catchers on the free agent market right now. Pretty much his WAR last year. Let me check it. Was two point four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I wouldn't mind him being a backup for Diaz. And I don't the think only, yeah. the only problem. Oh, sorry. Just the only problem with that is I don't think he's looking to, if he can, if he can establish, I don't know what his market is, but he's, I think his first priority, he's not looking to be a backup, unfortunately. But yeah, if the market's going to dictate that. Yeah. Um, Eric Haas, which we talked about last week, I know you brought him up. Um, yeah. He's now going to the Brewers, which was kind of a, because I was like, maybe he has a shot here because then a lot of teams were kind of looking past him a little bit. Brewers picked him up. He was, I think he lives or is from the uh, Milwaukee area, um, or at least, Minnesota, you know, he's from that state area, Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. Another guy, like, again, Mitch Garver, who I really want, but another guy is Tony Walters. Should the Rockies bring him back? I mean, it's it, it, that would be a, a Rockies thing to do, really, you know, bring him back. I wouldn't be against it. He's a good framer, but I don't know. It just it would be interesting, but I don't think uh, – I think I hate to say this, you know, I'm not going to say it actually, you know, because I, you know, I know a lot yeah, of Rockies right. fans on Twitter would be like, how dare you say that to, you know, about Tony Walters. But no, I just feel uh, like the Rockies, they they should go after somebody that can actually do well with the pitching staff that has not, again, like a, a guy like Austin wins, um, mm-hmm. who was perfect. I really wanted him to come back, but unfortunately, uh, you know, he's left us and going to Cincinnati, but I don't know. There's, there's definitely a lot of catchers here that you look at, but yeah, again, Rockies, they just need a backup catcher and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for Fulford or uh, McIver. I mean, they might pull something out of the hat and then have those guys start up in, on opening day. And honestly, I think it really depends uh, of how they have a, you know, how their spring training goes. Um, because that, that rides a lot. Um, let me see here. Okay, we got another comment here. from. I remember Paul Holden from LO Rockies. Shout out to Locked on Rockies. Talk about the lack of the long ball for the Rockies this year. Yeah, you know... It, a lot of it has to do with the young kids and Nolan Jones, you know, who uh, just recently was on the, uh, I think he on the potential for all MLB for next year. Yeah. He's a, he was yeah. on the all MLB sleeper team for next year. Yeah. He was, um, do you, I uh, yeah. comment, I re, I repost that saying, do not all cap sleep on him. Yeah. Do not. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I agree. Like Tovar, he has some power, but he's going to be more of a like a 10, 15 home run guy when he, you know, matures up in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. I agree the Rockies need more power, but I, I think they already have it. We're just waiting to see it. You know, McMahon, like we, we're still waiting for McMahon to really, you know, have that mm-hmm. all star year. We haven't seen it yet. Montero, 30 plus home run power. We have yet to see that. Um, and, you know, the Rockies gave Montero plenty of playing time this past year, right. but we need to see more of that. Um, and uh, I think I think yeah. if if I think well barring good health again you know fingers crossed on that one I think if you can if Bud Black can consistently put together an everyday lineup with the same guys and try to keep the same order where guys get comfortable in a certain position I think we could see more consistent power from certain players I mean you can't argue that Ryan McMahon again I think he has uh, you and I have talked about this I think he has 30 home run potential and hopefully Bryant still has that in him it's just again he's got to stay on the field that's the problem yeah and then uh you know but Nolan Jones yeah. definitely has I think 35 plus I think oh, absolutely he's I think he's the face of the franchise potentially I'm not I know that's kind of huge especially in his first year in the rookie mm-hmm. season but the guy at least has potential to be a you know face of the future or face of the team I should say for the Rockies um do you see a trade invo- involving any of the six-man platoon for pitching? I would say yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Rockies, you know, Bill Schmidt mentioned that he wants to build or at least try to build a stronger bench this offseason. We have yet to see that happen. I, I think it might happen. We might see one trade, one or two more trades. Um, I, you know, if, if the Rockies do, and we mentioned this before, if the Rockies do trade, um, you know, for pitching within on, on their bench that they currently have or in the six-man 
uh, platoon. I think we're going to see guys <laughs> like Montero go, Toglia potentially. I know he's not really on the 26-man roster because he was down in AAA at the end of the year. Um, those are really the two guys I'm looking at getting traded or moved. Um, they're not moving Hunter Goodman. I know that for sure because they just literally called him up at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so really, I'm looking at Toglia Montero. Uh, Blackman's not getting moved. Um, we know Bryant's not getting moved. So those are really my two players. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, it's just the Rockies, like we said, they don't really do, need to do much other than maybe trade some uh, platoon players for pitching and get a backup catcher. And that's basically it. Um, you know, oh, thank you, Mr. Lejos. He said, thank you guys for answering our questions because the fraud. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, well, the one thing we can say about uh, Mr. Valeros, yeah, it's true. But I mean, obviously they're not going to, unfortunately they won't reveal their exact strategy, but at least Bill Schmidt yeah. is, lo- is a lot more forthcoming than Jeff Radich was. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Because Jeff Radich would, yeah. Jeff Radich was very dismissive and he kind yeah. of spoken if in code, I guess it's one, <laughs> as one writer once put it, who was it? It wasn't Harding. It was one of the Denver post writers who said G- the Jeff Radich code, I think was called the article. Was it uh, but anyway, it might have been Saunders or I think it might have been Saunders. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. I digress. But the point is, I think the bench is going to be a thing. Once the market starts rounding up, I think Bill Schmidt will round up the bench a little more when it comes to late February signings just before spring training. Yeah, a lot has to do with Yamamoto, really. Oh, and yeah. some of the big guys. Because once that happens, we're going to see signings. And and not only that, I guess we'll mention this quickly before we head in our last segment of the night. Mm-hmm. Um is the TV deals because a lot has to do with that. Because I mean you're looking at other teams like the Guardians. They got rid of Quantrill, for instance, because of the TV deals over there. And hopefully that gets resolved. But that could be a lot in there, too, because, you know, you're losing money as a franchise. If you don't have a TV deal, you're not coming getting income within your franchise. The Rockies are a small market team, mid, small to mid market team. So they're not really getting much there. Um, yeah, it just... It's just I'm doing like we're a, in that situation right now. I'm doing a quick search. I thought there was I saw an update the other day. I'm doing a quick search on the diamond any diamond sports update. Yeah, I think there was somewhat a uh, rumor that they're kind of close to um, agreement for next year. Well, but. there well here well, there's two articles that I remember that did come out. Diamond Sports has reportedly agreed to pay for all but three MLB teams in full for 2024. Uh barring time here. I don't want to know this. Uh mm-hmm. they got oh, they got a number of teams here. The ones Yes, that includes teams you mentioned. The Guardians are one, of course. That includes the Cardinals, Brewers, Marlins, Angels. I just to name a few. Uh, so there is something in the words. Also, MLB trade rumors reported. And I think I saw this at another source as well. Amazon and Diamond Sports are are rumored to be discussing a potential streaming deal. Huh. So I I do I think I saw that on Nothing Personal podcast with David Sampson. I, there's not much details on it, but I think that is going to be that is a big possibility. And if that happens, that could really open up a lot of avenues for Major League Baseball in terms of exposure. Not that, of course, they need exposure. I mean, the game is worldwide, but still, yeah, it's the thing is, yeah. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And yeah, there's but with if that once that gets that if that gets once that gets resolved, there's going to be more certainty. So you're going to see teams to start a little more action. But yeah, Yamamoto unfortunately is another roadblock for the market before. Hopefully, because because I think he hit. I think Blake Snell and um, who's the other top tier pitcher that's out there that's represented by Scott Boris. I can't remember who it is, but um, once Yamamoto signs, Scott Boris is going to be just like Mr. Burns, <laughs> and he's just going to yeah. say, "Now I can sign my deals." Yeah. So, but yeah, I it's yeah. Once again, Otani held it up. Now we got to wait for Yamamoto. What a wonderful Christmas time! But anyways, uh, um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, I want to talk about. Okay, it's time to get into the Helton stuff because I know a lot of, I think some of our viewers from YouTube and Twitter really want to hear about this. So <laughs> you, you guys, again, you guys already know about this, but man, oh man, like what a week because uh, like the Hall of Fame balloting, it's, it's, it's in many ways, it's a joke. I mean, it's like what, like, like today I saw basically an empty ballot except with a Manny Ramirez and then like some of the Phillies players which I completely disagree with. And I'm like, and he even didn't vote for Adrian Beltre, who is in my eyes, a hundred percent, a hall of famer. Yeah. He didn't even vote for him. And I'm like, what the heck dude? Like, and then yesterday or two days ago, uh, a Phillies writer completely biased, by the way, just voted for Utley and Rollins. And, and then I put out on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so he votes for uh, like, so a writer votes for uh, Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins, but no Todd Helton. And I'm like, huh? like that meme uh and it's just yeah it's just like okay like that doesn't make sense 
And then there's a lot of Phillies fans were saying, well, Todd Helton, I mean, those guys, those like Elley and Rollins never played in a ballpark where you get blue pits and singles. I'm like, that's, and then I gave him a full like essay about, you know, <laughs> like the OPS numbers and, and he didn't respond at all. Like he just, I was out and I'm like, there's no, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the hall of fame. Zero reason. Like, um, and we could talk about this all day and we don't, but like, like, and yeah, there's a little bit bias there because yeah, because we watched Todd Helton play, uh, the people, the Rockies fans, we saw Todd Helton play and those people out East, they did not watch Todd Helton play. Like John Heyman didn't watch Todd Helton. I guarantee you, he probably would never watched one minute of Todd Helton's career. And, and then not only that, but some other New York writers, Joel Sherman, I think is one is another one who didn't vote for Todd Helton last year. Hmm. And he was very, you know, hesitant on voting for him at all. It's just like, it's very frustrating as a Rockies fan. This is the time of year that's like, oh, you know, Christmas time is here. And it's just like, oh, the Hall of Fame balloting is here. So let's uh, fight about this until the death. And, you know, it's like the X multiverse, I call it, is at war. <laughs> and it, it's a nasty situation. But clearly Todd Helen gets in. And listen, I, I even agree that maybe Jimmy Rollins or Ali should get in. But. For, for them to leave out Helton and not vote, I mean, for them to leave out, you know, yeah, Helton and vote for Eltley and, and Rollins, like, do you have a brain? Like, I, I really don't, I really don't get that. You know, it's just, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the way to compare this with, to another typical subject. You know, it's, if you're going to, if people are going to make the argument to keep all the steroid users out, because that's part of the history of the game. And I'm not saying steroid users should be let into the hall of fame. It's part of the history of baseball, but now it's like, seems like black Colorado Rockies players are being blackballed from the hall mm-hmm. of fame as well. It's rather, you know, I'm kind of, I, I right before we got here, I was perusing through an article where it kind of compares the course field of that. It's if anybody wants to check it out, it's called into the thin air. What's the, all the fuss about course field. It's from the society of American baseball research. So go check it out. I recommend it. I haven't read the full article, but it talks about how, but it kind of just goes into un- comparing the average fly ball distance over a four year period from course field to all the other ballparks and ballparks like Atlanta, Chicago, Cincinnati are not that far behind course field. And also talks about the percent or the distance based on the percentage of cores. There are other ballparks that have their challenges around baseball to be successful and hitting at and course field obviously has the same thing, you know, because people forget, you know, playing at altitude or training altitude or traveling back and forth through altitude is not easy. That has to be taken into effect, but it just seems to me that, People didn't, unless you were a true Rockies fan or member of the Denver media, you didn't understand truly what Todd Helton meant to the team, not just as a player, but as a leader. Again, we bring back to the point, it's rare to nowadays to see a one player play with a team their entire career. Todd Helton, I would think, could have left at any time. Because remember, he did go to free agency multiple times. He could have very well have left and gone somewhere more conducive to his career could have given a better chance at success of achieving a world series ring. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just, the fact is when a guy who granted, he did not reach any of those milestones where that are conducive with automatically being automatic into the hall of fame, such as 3000 hits, which he was close to, or, uh, you know, our, what's the other one? 500 home runs still, I it just it just baffles me how we're trying to make so many arguments that's not a heap one guy or a specific group of players in baseball's history out of the Hall of Fame. That why don't we try to find the, just the speck of evidence try to let them into the Hall of Fame? There are other. I wish I looked up this one past segment they did on MLB Network. I think it was last year where they analyzed Todd Helton's career. I'll have to look at it again for a future Hall of Fame podcast because we're going to talk about this again. But it's just I don't know. It's just it's a really it's a really just, it seems like it's becoming more, I don't want to say controversial, but more of a touchy subject than it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, again, you can check this out on our X page, but like I put out uh, a comparison of Todd Helton and Jimmy Rollins. And I think somebody already did that uh, for me. Um, so whoever did that, let me see if I can find their name. I can't find the name, but anyways, they just did a stat head baseball. So you can go to stathead.com, basically baseball reference 2.0 where you can kind of compare player stats and war and that sort of thing. So uh, Todd Helton had a 61.8 war career war. Jimmy Rollins had a 47.6. So big difference there. Uh, Jimmy Rollins 
uh, did lead in uh, games played and played appearances. Um, he led by basically, I want to say, let me see, the 30 games-ish. Um, and then played appearances, um, basically a 1,000 more played appearances. Yet Todd Helton had more hits, more home runs, more RBIs, mm-hmm. better batting average, um, 316 batting average compared to Rollins 264. Uh, batting at, excuse me, uh, OB, OBP on base percentage was 414 for Helton, 539, 953, and a 133 OPS+. plus. Rollins was, let me see here, 264, 324, 418, 743, and 95 OPS+. plus. Wow. So Helton was a better player. And I know you can put Coors Field in there, I guess. But still, Todd Helton played in less games than Rollins did and yet put up better numbers. And not only that, but Todd Helton, in, in many aspects, played almost better at, on the road than he did in his home ballpark at Coors Field, which says a lot. Um, and yeah, like, you know, and then from... 2000 to 2006, um, he averaged a season, 335 a season, uh, 35 home runs, and a OPS of 1.030. That's pretty darn good. And that's that's Hall of Fame worthy. Like, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that's not. Um, he hit 369 home runs in his career, 316 lifetime batting average. Yeah, 316. Um, 391 on-base percentage on the road, 285 on the road for batting average. Um Hall of Famer, in my opinion, clearly. The key, um, yeah, the, the yeah. key stat that I love to look at in this situation is OPS plus plus because that adjusted for park adjusted factors based on the ballparks played in. And he had, a, and as you pointed out, Jimmy Rollins. People are so high on him. His is only ninety five. Again, a hundred is le- is around league average. Yeah. Todd Helton one thirty three. Again, you want to talk about Coors Field effect? Well, sure, he played over half, just over half his games at Coors Field, but one thirty three. I mean, that's well above league average. That's in the average of borderline very good to great, or in some cases, you could say, depending what you're talking about, elite. And he only had an OPS plus under 100 off of his 17 seasons only five times, and one was at, was at 99, another was at 96. So, And he was, a, he was a consistent, reliable player. The only time he played under 100 games was two years, in 2008 and 2012. That's career games of 2,247. I mean, you know, we, I mean, we're, people call us fans, so we're going to be loyal to our guy, but we're trying to, not just our guy, we're not just spitting just nonsense here. We're not trying, it's not like we're trying to, you know, get a guy in because, you know, we think he's just because he played somewhere for his entire career. We're talking elite player. He's a Hall of Fame worthy player. I mean, sure, he didn't win an MVP or World Series, but he was consistently ranked among the elite of the elite. Yeah, and I want to say it wasn't in 2000 he should have won MVP because it was like Kerry Wood and Todd Helton for like the t- like they were the two guys that were fighting it out for the rookie of the year. And I want to say Kerry Wood might have won and Todd uh, Helton like even number two. I want to say that's pretty accurate. It was either 2000 or 2001 where Todd Helton. I think it was 2000. It was uh, it, it, you're correct. It was Kerry Wood and it was hold on a second. Nine, it was 98, 98 actually. No, 98. Okay, because that was, that was his rookie of the year. Yes, rookie of the year. Yeah, and so Todd Helton. I mean. Man, like you look, especially those early years, what he did. And I know it was, you know, pretty humidor, but still, I mean, and that was really the only time where a lot of people were doing the PEDs. And Todd Helton did not use PEDs whatsoever in his career. And he was basically one of the only players to do so during that time period and yet put up almost better numbers than the PED users. That tells you but, he's a Hall yeah. of Famer, but he played the in the course field. And to go on here about the year 2000, yeah, he only got one first place vote that year. He lost to again the eventual winner Jeff Kent, his teammate okay, Barry Bond, his teammate Barry Bonds, Mike Piazza, Jim Edmonds ahead of him, and he only had one first place vote. Let me rattle off here something. He had an eight. First of all, here's the ding. Here's the big one. He had an 8.9 WAR. That's number one in the National League. That is yeah. hot. That is obviously higher than Jeff Kent, who had 7.2. Yeah. And then here's a quick crazy slash line for you. And to go along with Helton's 42 home runs and 147 RBIs, which led them, which led all of baseball. He led all of baseball in here. Follow this 372 slash line, 372, 463, 698, one and 1.162 OPS. Hmm. It's insane. Wow. And he, and again, 8.9 war again, wins above replacement for our view for our listeners to 7.2, the event to the winner of Jeff Kent. I mean, and only one first place vote. It's just Mm-mm. no. I I don't know what more to say to people. Yeah, I mean it's Jeff. Just, I mean he's a Hall of Fame second baseman. Yet he never, you know, in my opinion, he, Jeff Kennedy is a Hall of Famer. But I think he's mm-hmm. off the ballot now, right? Yeah, it's just yeah, he's off the ballot. He was a second. I mean, he like he was 
arguably the best second baseman of of that decade of that time, and yet you know he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, he once he once led major league. He once led all major. I think he hold, he did hold the. Either de- no, he did hold the record at one point of most home runs hit by a second baseman in a single season. Yeah, so like, I mean, in some ways, both those guys got raw. I mean, uh, you know, Kent Hall of Fame, Todd Helton MVP. You know, at least get him into the second place. I mean, for him to get only one vote, like, come on. Um, oh, we have breaking news. Oh, oh boy! Oh, 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 oh my God! You gotta be kidding me! Oh, no, dude. So, breaking news to our listeners. <laughs> why, don't you go, why don't you go ahead, Stephen, and let, let yeah. Them... So, bre- okay, breaking news. Uh, our friend Mr. Vallejos, you know, our good friend, he says just saw a report Yamamoto to the Dodgers, and I I double checked it like, like, like just now yeah, right on my screen from ahead. Emily Trade Rumors. Uh, ten years, three twenty three million. I'm gonna pull up X right now, Twitter slash X to see if I can find. Just watch too. him defer the money for like ten oh, years. Defer. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, uh, okay, I got it. I got something here from Ken Rosenthal. Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh oh shoot! Just oh yeah. MLB Network breaking. MLB Network just broke the rumor too. Yep. And let me see if I can find Ken Rosenthal's. I hope uh, he just defers the money just to make the baseball world more crazy. But like, yeah. like Fox I thought Sports. he was like going to the Yankees. Like Fox Sports, Yankees. Fo- Fox yeah. Sports reports it too. Oh, suppo- remember supposedly there was also the uh, day he spent at uh, um, uh, crap. I'm blanking the name here. Um, at the oh crap, why am I blanking his name here? Um, what well, I know he was with the Otani today, wasn't he? Like in L.A. I, at the game. He, Maybe just hanging or just yeah. hanging. I think they went somewhere together. Um, yeah. Steve Cohen. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I was playing on the Mets owner's name. Uh, he, they, supposedly he spent an entire day at Steve Cohen's house. Yeah. And then it's just like, I don't know. It's just like history. So at first it's like, oh, a time's going to Toronto Fluches. It would be with Kikuchi or whatever. I, I saw like there was rumors about that. And then going to Toronto now. Uh, All right. Let so, me, uh, I'm checking Ken Rosenthal's feed right now. If, if it, Mr. Vallejo a, says, so we can we steal a Kershaw from them when we move? <laughs> So, all right, so, so Ken says, Ken Rosenthal reports supposedly, and also Jack Curry of Yes Network, who's a great reporter as well for the Yankees. Yeah. He's he's the one Yankee reporter I always pay attention to because he's got pretty good uh, takes on stuff. Yeah. Uh, supposedly it is worth north of $300 million, So mm. I wonder what this means. Um, I wonder what uh, Clayton Kershaw is thinking of this. Uh, that's a good idea. That's a good point, Mr. Willis. I wonder what Kershaw yeah, is thinking like, about. We move. Uh <laughs> Maybe the, I mean, the Rangers, I always imagine him on the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, not the Yankees, the Rangers, like every single year. Like I, I predict him going to the Rangers, but the Dodgers bring him back. I mean, they he, need he, pitching. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back, but I want to see him with the Rangers, like go home, dude. Like before you retire, yeah. just go home to Texas. I would think the same thing. That could be when he, ultimately when he has his swan song season, yeah. I, could see him do, I could see him doing that for one year. Back-to-back year World Series champs. I would like to see that rather than Dodgers. But. Well, remember that someone point real quick, someone did point this out because, um, you know, White Sox fan, I pay attention to the Royal signing. They signed reliever Will Smith. Does anybody know what he had in common with the last three years? Mm-hmm. Three World okay. Series rings. Yeah, 2021, the Braves, 2022 with the uh, Astros, 2023, he was on the Rangers. He has three rings. So that means the Royals are winning the World World Series Series next year. Congratulations, Royals. Hey, at least they're spent. I think the Royals got that picture. Now they're deciding to spend. Oh, let's spend spend money. You know, let's let's (sighs) get the the money books out. So happy for the Royals. But man, like, come on, the Dodgers, like, really? But guess what? Hey, at least we get a higher draft pick for 2025, you know? Yeah, that's true. We we get a pretty – and now, of course, also the Oakland A's do not get the number one pick. Yeah, well-deserved. And, you know, of course, we talked about that before. But, yeah, thank you again to our good Mm -hmm. friend, Mr. Vallejos. Sorry, John Fisher, you don't get rewarded for tanking anymore. Nope. Nope. I mean, Yamamoto – I mean, the Mets – I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that the Mets were – kind of on him because it's just like i didn't expect him i mean i didn't expect him or the mets to you know spend a whole lot but it's just like i mean the mets they're trying to be competitive but i mean even for the mets and the especially for the yankees too i mean a lot of yankees fans really wanted uh what was it yamasoto they were they were uh kind of chanting about in new york <laughs> the other the, the other week or a couple of weeks ago during the winter meetings they were like yamasoto and it's just, that's a pretty uh, oh, sorry, go, sorry, sorry, go, I'm sorry. Uh, go yeah, ahead. it's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, <laughs> New York, they're going to have to look. I, I mean, New York, maybe. I, I could see the New York Yankees getting Blake Snell. I, I wow. think it could happen. I think, you know, again, with Scott Boris and with uh, all his legions, they're cr- going to try to get all the money from New York to have Blake Snell pitch for the Yankees. Yeah. Well, and like I said, like, like Brian Cashin said in his press conference after they after they acquired Juan Soto, he said they're not done. They're going to – he said – 
in his, yeah. you know, his subtle mannerism way, you know, we're not done. We're going to acquire pitching and we're just going to see where things go. Yeah. I think now, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised now we're starting to see some of the, especially starting pitching because Yamamoto yeah. was arguably the number because Otani can't pitch this upcoming year. So Yamamoto was really the number one guy. So really now the number one hitter in Soto slash Otani are out. And now with uh, Yamamoto, the top pitcher, I think we're mm-hmm. going to start seeing the, the market, yeah. but again, you know, maybe Snell will hold things up. I don't know. Hope not. Gosh. Um, well, no, I guarantee. Well, it, people are not going to be start. I mean, Scott Boris's phone is probably already ringing off the hook at this point. And right now yeah, it's he, holiday season. We want to exchange some trades, some signings, yeah. but yeah, not Here's a big the, fan of this was a Rockies fan, but yeah. well, I mean, they, 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 the argument against that is put together a signing deadline, but the players union is never going to agree to that. No. They're ne- they will never, that, just like salary cap. They will, there's two things, salary cap and a deadline for signings. They will never agree to that. Uh-uh. Not, not no. a million, not a million years. Calling it now, Royals beat the Dodgers <laughs> in five. Go that's Royals, right, man! Go Royals. I, <laughs> for me, I got like I got no, I got quite a bit of um interesting scenario with that one because being a White Sox and Rockies fan. But I, if I had, if someone asked me, could you pick one? I'd say go Royals. Yeah, I mean I, they're I literally like just a state away from me. So like kind of yeah. technically, I don't, I don't, I've, I still don't, you don't even know where the Royals are in. Like they're either in Missouri or Kansas City. I don't know. Like I know St. Louis is. I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah, that's why. But either way, I still, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you saw this a couple weeks ago. Um, the Thursday night football game in Seattle, Blake Snell was there, and he because he is a Seattle native, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Seattle. I don't know if they're cutting payroll or what they're doing, but if Seattle's in on them, that'd be a great signing for them. It I would. Still hold... I just don't see the Seattle Mariners. It would be it would be nice to see him go to Seattle, but with what's going on there, they're just letting guys go, and I just feel like. Um... Oh, I, I was watching a uh, talking baseball, John Boy. You know, they were talking about that today on their podcast. It's just like the Braves. He used a good reference, so shout out to John Boy. I don't want to get copywritten or anything, but he basically <laughs> said like the Braves are like kicking the uh, Mariners around like a rock on a on a road. They're just mm-hmm. using the Mariners. It's just like, hey, we'll pick up this guy and then we'll trade him. You know that you know, and just like the Mariners, they're falling for it, man. I mean, it's just what happened. I mean, now like you're looking at. I mean. You know, you know, I feel bad for Julio, J-Rod. I mean, mm-hmm. what if he yeah. gets moved soon? I mean, I mean, I, pretty, I think he's on extension, though, so you can't really move him. That's a pretty big contract. It's a pretty yeah. big contract to move. <laughs> yeah, so you can't really move him. So it's just like, what are the Mariners doing? I mean, in the comments, I know, yeah, it's just uh, that um, DePoto said at the end of, you know, this past year was uh, very upsetting for a lot of Mariners fans or even baseball fans in general. It's just like, you don't say that. 54% of winning. Yeah, we're just going to win a 54% clip, you know, each year to get in the playoffs. Maybe it's just like, I, I wouldn't be excited about that. But, um, oh gosh. So, yeah. So, okay. So, Yamamoto going to the Dodgers. So now they have Otani. Well, he's not going to pitch, but Otani, Yamamoto. But, like, then there were reports saying that Yamamoto didn't want to play with, like, another Japanese fellow Japanese player. There was rumors about that. And I'm like, okay. So he's not going to the Dodgers. The Yankees made sense, but now it's just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to LA, and I, I don't know. It's just with Otani doing what he did with his money and deferring it, and saying to the Dodgers, "Hey, let's try to bring in more players." It's working, and so now Yamamoto is going to be a part of that rotation with, uh, okay, Glasnow, Gonsolin, Gonsolin, Bueller, who is still hurt. I don't think he'll pitch next year. We'll see. Dustin uh, May Dustin is a big. May. They, he's yeah, a big then, question. He's a big yeah. question mark, though. And then I, I, I was just about to say Ron Pepio, but yeah. he got traded to Tampa. Oh, so, yeah. um, yeah, man, they, they, I mean, you know, they, they got their pitching together and they probably will still, I mean, they're no question. They're not going to stop. They're, they're going to try to get snow mm-hmm. on, you know, for sure. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, it's I as if know. they're, it's as if they're trying to buy a championship. Yeah. And that didn't work that, you, you know, can't really do that. I mean, they tried to do that in 2020, but I mean, did they really win a World Series in 2020? I guess. Oh, no, they got the trophy, but even yeah. they do have the trophy. But then again, I think it's where it's um more of a trophy earned than the Astros in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this year, I mean, you look at the best teams in baseball, Braves. Uh, they were the best, arguably the best team in baseball. Didn't win the World Series. Didn't even get into the NLCS. Um, yeah. So sometimes, you know, even if you're the best team or have the best roster on paper, sometimes you just can't win. Like Arizona. Swept the Dodgers, you know, who, who would have thunk, you know, the um, Mets at the highest payroll in baseball. Didn't he make mm-hmm. the playoffs? Yeah. So, 
we'll see. But I mean, Dodger fans, uh, pretty happy right now. But you know, as a Rockies fan, uh, it's just like it's just like they can't keep getting away with this from that you know scene or whatever. If you've seen that, um, but anyways, yeah, man, wow. So that's that's a little bit of breaking news for our podcast as we you know get ready to finish up. I, I think we were just talking about Todd Hill and then <laughs> Mr. Vallejo's good, Mr. Vallejo's our good friend uh, kind of informed yeah. us. So thank you, Mr. Vallejo's, for that. I, um, ironically, that was where Todd Helton's last game was. <laughs> Did we, did we predict that? I don't know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But anyways, um, man, what a podcast, what an ending, but, uh, do we have any more comments or any more, let me check on that or any more thoughts on Todd Helton? I mean, as we, I guess we'll just finish up with that Todd Helton, easy hall of fame player. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think the voting, I want to say ends next month or Mm -hmm. the announcements next month in January. Um, I think this is generally right around the time where there are a lot of ballots, uh, are being casted in and counted. So I think there was last time I checked on Twitter, there was like, I think 10% in seven, eight, something. So it was like somewhere to seven, seven to 10%. Mm-hmm. So uh, interesting to see. I mean, I think Helton was 86, 87%. Um, so I, I will see. I mean, that's a, that's pretty good, but I, I want to see Helton at least above 90%. Mm-hmm, um, right. And it's just, it's sad because there was that other ballot from that dude that, uh, uh, he, he, he dropped Helton from like, from last year, he voted for Helton last year and then dropped them. It's just like, you know, Helton must've had a bad year this past year. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it's weird, but fingers crossed. I think he gets in still. I, I think there's a good chance he might not get in by much, but I think he gets in. My prediction is probably like around 76, 77%. Uh, he'll get in. I do imagine there might be one or two more drops, <laughs> but at the same time though, I think, we're going to see some more additions because I think last year I want to say there was a few reporters saying that uh, I didn't vote for Helton this year, but I'll vote for him next year. So uh, hopefully that happens. I, you know, again, we've been waiting, like it's still crazy to think that Todd Helton's st- still not in. I mean, he still has a few more years left um, to get in there. So yeah, we, Todd Helton needs to be in there, man. It just—it's unfortunate that all the all these you know things about Coors Field and and everything. And I think uh, I forget the page. I'll have to bring it up. Um, and if not, like for our listeners on uh, that are listening uh, right now on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can check our X page. I think I posted it earlier in the month. But somebody made a very good article about Todd Helton, and it's a whole thread of you know tweets tw- uh, tweets or. Xeets, I guess you call it now on <laughs> on X. So um, you can check those Xeets. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a very good uh, you know compilation of just different numbers, different articles you can read. It's very very good. Highly recommend that. So, yeah, it, it's going to be crazy next month because spring training is going to be in like about two months, a little bit less than that. So, uh, a lot's going to be happening. Hall of Fame stuff, and then um, and then you know, and then free agency that's going to be heating up hopefully tonight or tomorrow in the next coming days before we head into the new year. So um, should get interesting for sure. For sure. And, you know, as of right now, the three guys who are over 75%, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre, those are three of the guys I did have as picking to get into the Hall of Fame this Mm -hmm. year. And I hope it stays that way. As of right now, I just checked an update here. The percent of the ballots known are is about just below 9%. Uh, The guys who are on the Franks are – with 77.6% rounding out the top six, Andrew Jones, Gary Shepard, and Billy Wagner. I hope Billy Wagner gets in too. So if I was going to add to those top three that are currently eligible or going to get to get in, I would add Billy Wagner to that. And I laid out on a previous podcast. You can check that out if anybody wants to hear my words on that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's time. Todd, Hel- a, a career Rocky, I think it's time. And Todd Helton is the guy to lead that charge. If Larry Walker now Larry Walker didn't play his whole career with the Rockies, but he is the but he did win an MVP there. And I think Todd Helton, he has rightfully earned his way to Cooperstown. And it it is gonna be before Rockies Fest. Is I can't remember, is Todd Helton on the guest list for Rockies Fest? I don't think so. I didn't uh, I checked the list, I didn't see. I think it's mainly just like current players. Uh, okay, but it, w- wouldn't that be awesome if, just after yeah. he gets announced, he makes an appearance the first time as Hall of Fame elected Todd Helton. You know what? Maybe I wouldn't be surprised that the Rockies do something like that. Um, and I guess before we go, you know, uh, obviously for our listeners, uh, I live in Colorado. I live about an hour north of the stadium uh, in Loveland. So, it, it, you know, the traffic can be really bad, uh, especially, you know, this time of year. But generally January, 
can, you know, quiet down a little bit, but uh, we'll see if I'm working or, or not. Um, if I'm not, I'd like to go. But at the same time, though, I'm very busy all the time doing different things, different projects with other stuff I'm doing. Uh, so it'll be fun. I mean, I really want to go. I've never been to a Rockies, um, you know, never been to a Rockies fan fest or, can you know, carnival that they did uh, a few years back before COVID. So hopefully uh, I can jump in on that and, you know, maybe maybe create content when I'm, you know, down in Denver because I would like to create some content for you guys and post it to our channels and, and pages there. So, uh, th but that would be exciting too. I mean, it just, for Todd Helen to, to be a Hall of Famer, I really want to see a gold, you know, gold plaque out there in right center field with 17 on it. Uh, the question is, are they going to replace the current one that they have, like just with his retired number, or that would they probably replace it? Um, I guess it would replace it, maybe. You could, I would think you replace it, or you can add a or you can add a second a second display. That's true because I think that a lot of teams do that. Like they, you know, they just don't like they don't replace it. They just add the numbers. So um, I'm curious to see what they do. But like again. Um, I mean, with, with, with Tom mentioning with Rockies Fan Fest, I think that's coming up the 27th, which is a Saturday. So those who are listening, if you want to go check that out, you can. It's on the Rockies website. I think tickets for the general public are, I want to say it's 15 for adults and like $5 for kids. So it's not too bad ticket prices. Um, and then for season ticket holders, it's, it's pretty cheap as well. So uh, check into that. Um, but other than that, uh, right before we want to end the podcast, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful time with friends and family. Hopefully the Rockies can uh, kind of make you happy this holiday season if they make a trade or a signing or something like that. Uh, but other than that, Tom and I would like to wish all of you, our awesome listeners, a Merry, uh, very Merry Christmas. And uh, I think we should be able to do one more podcast before the end of the year, right? I think we have one more. Thursday. We should. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. anyways, folks, thank you for listening to tonight's podcast. That will conclude this episode of the Rockies Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review all of our social media pages. We love hearing from all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And as always, go Rockies and Merry Christmas.